Hey friends, we are the Bad Apple Divas. I'm Priscilla. And I'm Joyce. We like booze, true crime, and ghost stories. We don't take ourselves too seriously. So sit back, relax, and let's have a drink. Hello everyone, welcome to the sixth episode of Bad Apple Divas. If you didn't think that we'd lasted this long, well, we didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is true. Who, who would have thought that we would be here in our sixth episode? Did well, you think we would get this far? Yeah, I, I honestly thought that we would get this far. All right, well, fair enough. I'm glad, so, I'm glad one of us believed in us. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you, Joyce? I am good. I just had lunch with you and we ate a lot of spicy foods. I have acid reflux, you know. <laughs> That's true. Every time we go eat out now, it's spicy food. So I, I don't want you guys to think that we only go to Mexican restaurants. It's just that we've been on a, a Mexican food kick lately, I guess. <laughs> no, it's all Priscilla's choice. It's all her doing. Don't blame it now, on me. <laughs> now now I, have, I have Tums on my mouth. I'm going to mess up my reading. This is I feel the pressure already. We're all sleepy already. I know. So we're recording in the same building, I suppose, same house today, but a different room. So hopefully the echoing effect will go down. And I'm really cozy in the in the couch right now. <laughs> Both the pillows and the blankets. I'm sitting upright in a chair. Not very cozy. <laughs> <laughs> you should have gotten cozy in the bed. Nah, then I might fall asleep and then you're going to be like, Joyce, you're supposed to be reading. What's the story? You're not going to fall asleep. All of a sudden, all you hear is... <laughs> is that how, how snoring sounds? I don't even know. I don't know. I'm probably asleep when I'm snoring, so I don't know. Fair, fair, fair. So what's, what's going to be today's uh, story? Today's story is another uh, story from Reddit on the no sleep thread. Another uh, three-year-old one, so hopefully it's... It might be new or newish to some of you guys. It's from Pippinacious. Wait, why? Why are you? Why are you reading the no sleep thread? Do you not sleep? I never sleep. What sleep? <laughs> Do you sleep? I sleep like a baby. Well, you know what? Some of us have sleeping problems since the womb. Oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> I've been sleep deprived since I was in my mama. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sleep deprived since I was an adult. Are you still, are you, are you even an adult? You're just a baby. <laughs> well, actually, I think from, from my friends group, I'm like the youngest. Yeah. Well, you're younger than me. <laughs> <clears throat> Clear my throat. Oh man. Maybe those tacos are bad. <laughs> <laughs> we should just have two. Yeah. Well, so <sighs> are you ready to tell us the story? Are you ready to hear about the quiet neighbor? Yeah, but let me get my teddy bear first. <laughs> do you need a flashlight? Do you need a the grandma's light from uh, episode three? No, not that grandma's light. I don't like you that grandma's, the grandma's light. light. With the fringe and, and the screaming lady in the corner. I don't like that grandma's light. All right. Are, are we comfy? Are we set? Yes, we're set. I will try not to move there. <clears throat> All right. So, The Quiet Neighbor by Pippinacius. Just about the first thing anyone new to the neighborhood learned was to avoid Bud Fillimore cantankerous, territorial, and fueled by what seemed to be a deep-seated hatred for just about everything. He was the kind of man that childhood nightmares were made of. Although he'd only lived there for a few months longer than us, by the time my family moved in across the street from the Fillimore house, his reputation was already firmly established. When other neighbors came by with their cookies and casseroles to welcome us and saw me and my brother, just 9 and 11, 
They pulled my parents' seat aside and offered hush warnings. Keep them away from that nasty little man across the way, Mrs. Devon said. He can't stand children. My son Bill swears Bud tried to run him down in his car, Mr. Crane said. He'll look for any excuse to yell at them. He says the most terrible things, Mrs. Paul said. My parents thanked them, but I don't think they quite believed them. My mom especially wasn't fond of gossip, and she tried to take such rumors of a grain of salt until she could make her own decisions. She didn't have to wait long. What? I know, right? That hot gossip. Well, I first of all, they're mean. <laughs> are they Are they mean? They're just trying to warn them. I mean, we don't know if they're right, but they're trying to warn them. Let the people make their own minds, man. <laughs> Well, what if what if it happens to be like when your son got ran over, you know? Oh, that's true. <laughs> and it's too late, you know what I mean? That's true. My older brother Scotty and I were outside tossing a baseball back and forth one Saturday morning when Scotty tossed it too hard and too high. It sailed over my head, bounced into the street, and rolled to a stop at the very edge of Mr. Fillimore's yard. Both of us had overheard our neighbor's warning and were hesitant to even look at the house, much less approach it. Go get it, Liz, Scott said, nudging my shoulder. But you threw it, I replied. So, you missed it. I couldn't reach it. My whining had no effect. He pushed me towards the road, and after checking both ways, I began to creep across towards our ball. I had almost reached it. I just had to take a couple more steps, and it would have been within my grasp when the front door of the house suddenly flew open. What the hell are you doing? A stout man with thin, graying hair came bursting outside and stomped across his yard towards me. My, my ball, I tried to say, pointing to it. You brats throwing things at my house? Think it would be funny to break a window? No, I glanced over my shoulder to see Scotty half poised to run inside and whimpered. Get out of here, Mr. Fillmore snapped. Can I just, no. That sounds like me if I was old. <laughs> Get out of my Get lawn. out of my lawn. <laughs> Before I could react, he scooped up the baseball, which had barely been touching his grass, and stormed back inside. The whole front of his house seemed to shake with the force of his slammed door. It was the first of what would be many run-ins with everyone's least favorite neighbors. Our parents tried to talk to him about his behavior, but he just told them to keep their nosy little shits off his lawn and away from the house if he didn't want any trouble. Dad thought about calling the cops on him, but as Mom became fond of the saying, there's no law against being rude. So we were just told to just try to be more careful. He must not have always been such a bull, Mom said, over dinner about a month after we moved in. He's married, you know. Dad scoffed at the idea. Oh yeah? How do you know? Dolores Devin was by the again for a chat and it came up. Bud wears a ring and she sees Mrs. Fillimore looking out the window from time to time, but the poor woman never comes outside. She thinks she heard Bud say... It was a uh, cancer once. Poor lady, sick and married to that, dad said. Oh. <laughs> I know, right? The shade of his dad. <laughs> They're shady people. <laughs> Poor lady, sick and married to that piece of crap, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, terrible, isn't it? But it does explain a bit about him. He's just trying to keep things quiet and peaceful around his house. Yeah, sure, Scotty Muddy. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Muddy. <laughs> Scotty Muddy. <laughs> yeah, sure, Scotty muttered, and Mom frowned at him. He's probably very sad and lashes out without meaning to. He's an asshole, Scotty said. Language, Dad warned. But yeah, 
He is. <laughs> I feel like you're the dad. <laughs> yeah. Your dad and Scott at the same time, right? <laughs> I'm everybody. <laughs> I'm the old mean man and then grumpy. <laughs> I'm you're, the gossipy you're mom. You're Bud Fellamore. You're Bud yeah. Fellamore. Oh, yeah. You're Bud Fellamore, you're Scotty, and your dad. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll, I'll be Liz and I'll be mom then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, stay away from the gossip. Just stay away from that noise. Oh, no. Give me that cheese man. Cheese <laughs> most. All right. Whatever his reasoning, we all agreed it would be best to just try and avoid Bud Fellamore. Scotty and I were extra careful to keep all of our toys well within the confines of our yard when we played outside. I also couldn't help but keep a wary eye on the house across the street, just in case he decides to be extra crazy and we had to run for it. That's when I started to notice Mrs. Fellamore. Almost every time Scotty and I were out and I happened to glance at their house, I would see a tall, slender figure outlined behind a sheer curtains in one of the upstairs windows. While I couldn't get a very good look at her, I figured it couldn't be anyone but the missus. Mr. Fillimore didn't have anyone else. She never banged on the window or shouted at us like her husband. She just stood there watching us. I like to imagine that she was a nice lady, a quiet neighbor who just enjoyed seeing kids at play. I remember my mom said Mrs. Fillimore was sick, and I felt sorry that she was trapped in the house of her horrible husband. So I tried to be nice and smile and wave once, just once. Mr. Fillimore appeared on his front stoop and yelled at me for being a pest until I retreated inside. When I peeked out the living room window later, Mrs. Fillimore wasn't in her usual spot anymore. Eventually, we got used to Mr. Fillimore glowering at us as he drove slowly past, his short temper and his loud voice. It was such a regular thing that our fear turned to caution, turned eye-rolling dismissiveness. Bud doesn't own the street. You kids get out there and be kids. And if he has a problem with it, I'll deal with him, Dad said. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Karen. What's the male of the Karen? <laughs> the ma- wait, the dad or who? The, what, is that, what do you call the male version of the Karens? I don't know. Darren? Darren? I don't, I really don't know. Well, he's a Darren because he's trying to go against the neighbor just because. <laughs> <laughs> the neighbor's trying to run over his kids. <laughs> Damn kids, get off my lawn. <laughs> Damn kids, get your base one. Get off my lawn. Exactly. Respect my I property, feel, I guess. I'm, I I feel like he'd be the person that would be like, I'm taking this ball. This ball is mine now. Oh, I would like grab a knife and then punch that ball and, oh. <laughs> and then throw it back and then be like, stop playing on my light, my side. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your crap on your side of the street. Yep. That's how my mom yeah. raised me. <laughs> I wonder how, how big their streets are. Like, why are all the things like so easily in that guy's lawn, you know? I know. <laughs> I don't know. After that, we started to be a little less careful with our things and a little more free with our laughter. We lost a few balls to the Fillimore yard, one or two frisbee, but nothing we really cared too much about. Nothing until Scotty's remote-controlled helicopter. It had been a birthday present and we were both eager to try it out. As soon as we finished supper, we raced out to the front lawn where Scotty prepared for the helicopter's first flight. Under my brother's inexperience and clumsy guidance, the helicopter lifted slowly from the ground and staggered drunkenly through the air. In his excitement to keep it aloft, Scotty didn't even realize it was heading right for the Fillmore's yard until it was too late. Scotty! I tugged at his arm to try and turn it off course, but it only made things worse. The little helicopter took a nosedive straight into the hedges under Mr. Fillmore's bay window. 
Scotty frantically wiggled the controls, but a helicopter blade was stuck fast in the thick greenery. As if he'd been waiting for us to slip up, the front door was flung open, and he practically pounced on the toy. What have I told you, he bellowed. Before we could argue, he had already disappeared back into the house. Upstairs, the curtain fluttered just so, and I knew Mrs. Fillmore was watching. I wanted to call up to her and ask her to get the helicopter back, but Scotty grabbed my wrist and dragged me behind him to find Mom and Dad. When our parents went over later, he refused to complete the door. Don't worry, kids, they reassured us. Next time we see him, we'll sit down and have a real discussion about this. This wasn't enough for Scotty, though. I followed him up to his room and sat on his bed while he paced back and forth while ranting about how unfair it was. He was fuming and furious, and he wanted his birthday present back now. <laughs> Spoiled kid. I know, right? I want it. I want it now. I think it's a Draco Malfoy. A <laughs> oh, what? Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was picturing until my more... father hears about this. I was picturing more Richie Rich or I don't know what the uh, <laughs> Richie Rich can just buy a new helicopter, though. I, mean, uh, I think Draco would, too, I guess. Well, that's true. He'll buy a real helicopter. <laughs> oh, not even a toy one. He'll be like, oh, and a real one. <laughs> yeah. But how, I asked. He paused, his gaze sliding to his window and the house beyond. We're gonna take it. It was childish, simple, a stupid plan with no thought to consequence or punishment. We were gonna break into the Fillmore house and get all our, th- our things back. All of it. <laughs> we'll do it when he goes out next. I can figure out how to get the lock open. It can't be that hard. Then we just have to find our stuff. What about Mrs. Fillmore? She never leaves. You can distract her or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I don't know, Scotty, I said uneasily. I didn't want to disrupt a poor sick lady for just a few toys. Don't worry, we'll just be in and out. She probably won't even notice us there. I doubted that, but I had a hard time saying no to my big brother. Scotty put his plan into action the very next afternoon. We were playing a game of horse in the driveway when Mr. Fillmore's garage opened and his car chugged to life. He was wearing his customary scowl as he drove by. The moment he turned a corner, Scotty chucked our basketball off to the side and bolted across the street. I checked to see if Mrs. Fillmore was in her window, and when I saw no sign of her, I followed. Scotty's idea of getting the lock open turned out to be using a small rock to break the window pane on the door above the latch. It was something he'd seen in a movie or something. Immediately, I had images of flashing red and blue lights and handcuffs and my stomach turned sharply, but my brother whispered that it would be fine. He can't prove it was us. Everyone on the street hates him. Mean. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, it kind of sounds like you. What? <laughs> Always going to prove it's us. True. Nobody likes him. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Try to be like he deserved it. Come on, Joyce, let's go get her helicopter. <laughs> let's go get more rocks. You're a bad apple. Yeah, that's Have true. a sip, guy. Whoever's playing the bad apple game, you need a drink now. Oh, we forgot to say we were drinking. This is me drinking. <laughs> <coughs> I choked, sorry. <laughs> Watch out. All right, what are we drinking, Priscilla? Uh, uh, like, okay, this is like a little intermission. <laughs> yeah. We, we are drinking... I forgot we were drinking. I'm drunk already. Cider Corps. We that's got true. Cider Corps today. Okay, today we are drinking Cider Corps. Corps? Corps? I don't know. Core. Core. I it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird because it's, it has a P in there, but I hear that nobody mentions it. <laughs> yeah, it's a P and an S. It's like a, you know, the military thing. Cider core. Yes. Well, cider core. Yeah. Corpse. 
<laughs> they have a location here in Mesa, Arizona. It's one of our like little places. But more on that later. Yes, let's let's talk about that later. <clears throat> let's keep on with the story. All right. He sounded so confident that all I could do was nod. Scotty reached carefully through the broken glass, careful not to cut himself, and found a deadbolt. It clicked out of place, and he pushed the door open, letting us into the Mr. Fillimore's house. I clung to the back of Scotty's shirt as we tiptoed across the kitchen. It was spotless, obsessively so, and smelled of cleaning supplies. Every window had something tacked over it, old blankets and towels, blocking out the bright afternoon sun and casting the room into a gloomy darkness that made the room seem small and oppressive. I swallowed hard and forced myself to follow Scotty. Every room was the same, fastidiously clean, organized, and shrouded in shadows. The bay window that I knew he spied on us from had a hole cut into the heavy velveteen material, just big enough for someone to see out of. I could just picture him sitting on his plastic-covered couch, watching us, waiting for us to get too close. It was enough to make me shudder. We cleared a hole downstairs pretty quickly, but there was no sign of our things. Shit, Scotty hissed. He must keep it upstairs. But Mrs. Fillmore, just stay close and quiet, okay? I nodded, too nervous to say anything else anyways. We'd only gotten up a few steps when the floorboards on the second floor creaked. Scotty immediately pressed himself against the wall and motioned for me to do the same. We listened to the soft padding of footsteps crossing from one room to another. Scotty, I whispered, grabbing his sleeve with both my hands. Let's just go. No, he went too far this time. I'm going to get my helicopter. Door hinges squeaked from somewhere upstairs and the footsteps stopped. Scotty pulled his arm from me and scampered up the remaining steps. Reluctantly, I went up too. We found a guest room first. It was all muted colors and magazine-quality furniture, void of any warmth or personality. Like it was just a setup for show, never intended for use. At least it was a bit brighter up here. The windows only had a few layers of sheer curtains over them, enough to obscure our visibility, but still let in light. The second room was obviously Mr. Fillimore's. It was the most lived-in looking room of them all, and even then, that was only because there were some pictures hanging on the wall and some personal items on the nightstand. The bed was meticulously made, all the clothing, most of which were masculine, hung neatly in the closet, there, e there wasn't even any stray hairs in the brush on the vanity. I wondered how someone could live in such a cold, lifeless house. <laughs> there was only one room left upstairs, the one Mrs. Fillimore must have gone into. Its door stood half open. Scotty and I traded a look, his determined mind silently pleading for him to go. He took a step towards the door. I shook my head and grabbed at the back of his shirt again. He brushed me off and placed the flat of his hand on the door, pushing it open. Inside the room was almost empty except for a large vanity against one wall. A framed wedding picture was on it and I recognized Mr. Fillimore despite being younger and thinner. In front of the vanity posed on a tall stool was a mannequin. She was wearing what I thought of as a 50s housewife dress white with little pink and green flowers all over it, a string of pearls, and a blonde wig carefully combed back into a bun. Her featureless face was fixed on a mirror in front of her. Scotty's brows wrinkled, showing the same confusion I felt. We both heard Mrs. Fillmore walk into this room, but no one was there. Let's just go, I begged, a cold sweat starting to trickle down the back of my neck. Scotty shifted his weight, obviously torn, 
and the floorboard beneath his feet groaned. The mannequin's head turned sharply towards us. Scotty leapt out with a yelp, an arm thrown out protectively in front of me. Liz? His voice is trembling. Run. <laughs> I stumbled back down the hall on legs that didn't want to work. I could hear Scotty stomping along behind me, and behind him, a rapid skittering. <gasps> what do you think the skittering is? That mannequin. What, what's skittering? <laughs> it's the mannequin. No, it's, what is the skittering? Oh, it's like, here, let me tap, like, when you're tapping or, you know, like this one. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like, I guess, like, fingers clacking or, you know, that's what's gross horror stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I pictured it now. All right, yeah, that's is what it, Is it Chucky? <laughs> Imagine the mannequin crawling on all fours, basically, is how I was imagining it. Like a, <laughs> like a bug, like bug skitter. They have oh, yeah, arms. yeah. Yeah, and then, like, like moving. Yeah, I get not know. Yeah, like, the agitated, like, ugh. Yeah, why are we talking about it? It's so good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we skid at the top of the stairs, and I grabbed a railing to keep from falling headlong down the steps. While I righted myself, I dared to glance back down the hallway. It was empty. Where did something thud against the ceiling? Oh. We both looked up and screamed. The mannequin was crawling, spider-like, over our heads. She wrenched her head completely around, turned her blank face towards us, and flitted towards the wall. She started to descend, the whole time facing us. I was still screaming when Scotty hooked his arm around my waist and hauled me down the steps. We crashed at the landing, tripping over one another, and we could hear the click of fiberglass on wood as she pursued us. I was crying, scrambling on my hands and knees across the floor, and my brother was shouting for me to get up to go. He grabbed the back of my shirt and practically threw me down the hallway. And then Scotty was shrieking. I spun. The mannequin was crouched on the last step, one arm outstretched. She had her fingers wrapped around Scotty's ankle. Oh, she grabbed were, him. She grabbed him. <laughs> she grabbed him like a baby. <laughs> he didn't run fast enough. It's his fault. That's good. Mannequin kill him. <laughs> no, he was saving his sister. He was throwing Liz down to, like, whatever. Yeah, I know. What a sweet brother. I wish my brother was that sweet. Whoa, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> they were tightening, tightening until his bones started to crunch beneath her grip. He kicked at her with his other leg, but it did nothing. She started to drag him back towards the stairs. Scotty, I screamed. But before I could move, he looked up at me and shook his head furiously. Liz, he could barely make out the words through the fear and the pain that masked his face. Run. I wanted to stay. I wanted to grab his hand and pull with all my might and drag him out of the house with me. But he shouted again, run, run, over and over until the words became a garbled mess of howling, terrified cries that chased me out the same door we'd come through. It was the last time I ever saw my big brother. No trace of Scotty was ever found. My parents searched. Police search. There were dogs and special agents and tons of time, money, and energy were put into trying to find him. But none of it mattered. It was as if he simply vanished. But Fillmore wasn't a suspect very long. With no evidence and no history of any criminal record, he was let go. Scotty was dubbed a missing child, reduced to a single box of paperwork that was all too soon moved to the cold case decks. Oh, this said. I know, right? I feel so bad. You know, at the, what, in, on one hand, Scotty was the one who wanted a helicopter and didn't listen to Liz, who's spidey since it's a tingling. <laughs> and on the other a, hand, he did save his sister. 
Always listen to the girls, man. We know what's up. <laughs> right? Women. It's always the men's fault. <laughs> you know what? That kid was spoiled. He was trying to get his damn helicopter back, so it's his fault. <laughs> Why didn't Mr. Fillmore give it to him? <laughs> because he said, get off my lawn. They didn't listen. But it was his birthday present and it was new. <laughs> fine, fine. I just don't like kids. Just kidding. <laughs> but not. <laughs> Huh. So no one believed me when I told them what really happened. They all said Scotty must have been kidnapped on their way back from Mr. Fillimore's house, and I was too young to really understand it. They had gotten confused, and in my fear, made up some story using a scary thing I'd just encountered. Mr. Fillimore's mannequin belonged to his late wife, Sharon. He kept it after she passed because it reminded him of her. Sometimes he'd move it around, put it in the window, but it wasn't alive. You understand that, right, Liz? My therapist was fond of asking. I told her what she wanted to hear, even if I knew it was a lie. The adults preferred it that way. It was easier for all of us. Maybe that's why I never showed anyone the note that had been left taped to our door, typed and anonymous, that just said, I tried to keep you away. I didn't think it would change anything. I knew, though, I never doubted myself for a fact that Scotty had sacrificed himself for me, and up until Mr. Fillmore... Packed up and moved a few years later, I would sit in my brother's room and I would stare out at the window of his house. I would watch the second story window, waiting for the telltale figure to appear behind a curtain, waiting for the quiet neighbor that everyone said did not exist. What? I, I think that it did exist. <laughs> so you believe Liz, even though the therapist is like, girl, you crazy. The therapist don't know. Shh stuff <laughs> <laughs> i gotta feel like you were really gonna say stuff what were you gonna say priscilla i'm trying to be pg <laughs> i appreciate it a plus for effort that's my girl you know it's, re it's really hard not to curse <laughs> i was thinking about that story right because you know there's so many uh twists and turns and you're just like what's going on yeah you i know? was about to say oh sh stuff all the time <laughs> the one thing that i will say this is just like uh, I guess a reader's perspective or a reader's critique is that I kind of wish that, um, you know, at the end when Liz is sitting on the brother's bed looking at the house across the street waiting yeah. for that mannequin, I was kind of hoping or like I was expecting that she'd be like, then one day I saw the mannequin show up and a smaller figure be been like besides him. And, you know, I'll be Scotty. Scotty as a mannequin. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, the, it became the person. So, okay, he, here's a, a thought. What if Mr. Fillmore was actually being mean to protect everybody from getting into the house with a crazy mannequin? That is exactly what he did. And remember the note where it said, like, I try to keep you away? Yeah, yeah. But what, that's what I'm saying. So he was using his, his you know, mean persona oh. to... Yeah, he was not mean. He was doing y'all a favor. So if you see a, a person being, like, rude or like that, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> I say if a person's being rude, just listen to them and stay away. <laughs> exactly stay away but yeah the this story that you know about appearances and whatnot reminds me of another uh book that i read where it was like a perfect husband you see everything going on like the girl the lady never comes out and it ends up being a weird situation where where you know there's uh, the husband was crazy but my point is if somebody has a <laughs> wife and then they never come out and say hello that you know 
Call the police. <laughs> well, in this case, every, all the neighbors thought that Mrs. Fillmore just had cancer and was sick and couldn't come out, though. That's true. Well, I guess, yeah, if, if they would have gone there, they would have been screwed over by yeah, the mannequin would've. anyway. <laughs> they would have been a, a crushed by the mannequins. Oh, wait, wait. Breath. Technical difficulties. Okay. Can you repeat you- that? Because my headphones got disconnected. <laughs> Ouch. Well... Everyone else heard me talking about Mrs. Fillmore's Hulk-like uh, grip strength. Like, oh, like a what? A Hulk grip, you know, like the you know the green guy who's all buff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, I'm glad we're not in the same room because I was just flexing right now. <laughs> like you can see the buff guy. Yeah, the, the Hulk, Hulk guy. The Hulk. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, Mrs. Fillmore had a Hulk grip. On poor Scotty's ankle and crushed his bones. I wonder where his body went. Like, wh- like, did she just eat him into the mannequin? Like, why was the body not found? I just don't get it. Where did it go? So many questions. It went to the bottom of the house. The foundation. Dis- disgusting. Yeah, I've seen a lot of movies where they put the bodies in the foundation of the house. <laughs> um, poor, poor Scotty, though. I feel bad. I changed my mind. He he just wanted his helicopter. <laughs> I'm glad you came around and he protected his sister. He was yeah. the older brother, so good for him. Yeah, that, that, that was sweet. I would have probably pushed my sister and be like, okay, bye. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> oh, you mean you would have pushed your sister at Mrs. Fillmore? Yeah, so I can get out of there. <laughs> Why doesn't your sister listen to the podcast? <laughs> oh, that's true. Don't hate me, sister. <laughs> I was just joking. <laughs> Dang, that's cold. <laughs> You got a cold heart wrapped in gold. No, not true. I'm just a bad apple. Yeah. Oh, bad apple. Take a sip. <laughs> Drink. Slurp. <laughs> Are we going to do ASMR drinking? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think I think that was a good episode. So after this cool story, what's your recommendation? Everybody's on edge, so they need a little drink to calm down. Ah. Sirecore, like I was saying at the beginning of, or yeah, the beginning of the episode. Is a yeah, great that's true. Place here in Mesa, Arizona, they're uh, I, I think they're like the only cidery that I know of in um, Arizona. But they did recently rank top ten in all of the nation, so all across America, top ten cider. And they're oh. veteran owned, veteran ran. It's a great local company. Definitely go and. If you can have it on draft, great. If you want to take it home to go to, you know, social distance and be safe, they have a great four pack for $20. I love it. Makes a great stocking stuffer. Wait, it's fast. It's 2021. What am I talking about? Yeah, that's Makes true. a great Valentine's <laughs> gift. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so go out and get some, some apple juice, I guess. Some and from, from personal experience, you need at least six bottles. Yeah. Uh, if you're Priscilla, I guess. If you're Priscilla. No, seriously, this is this is a really good cider. Yeah, it goes down smooth. It's very, it's so tasty, right? Yeah, and it's and not too sweet. Good flavors. Like you got that uh, one Fourth of July special one year, right? That blueberry one. Oh yeah, the one that was in the fridge for like two years. We were letting it ferment more, or whatever the word is. It was still good. It was really good. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, please follow us on <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> Bad Apple Divas. You'll probably talk to me. Joyce. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you see somebody like uh, saying mean stuff to you, that's Joyce. Wow. I am a sweet. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> You're a bad apple. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.
Uh, and where else can you find us? For oh, you can find us at Bad Apple Divas on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, everything. But we don't really use most of those. <laughs> yeah, but we're on there. You can find us. <laughs> yeah, you can find us. You can follow us. We just, you know, be quiet for a while. <laughs> yeah, you might not just get activity from us. But yeah, we're follow us on Facebook and Instagram right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. And if you don't want to follow us, then don't. But at least, uh, yeah, don't then, I guess. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in this crazy world. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you stay away from any quiet neighbors. And, yeah, Priscilla, don't you become a quiet neighbor now, or else people will start thinking. I'm never going to be a quiet neighbor. I'm going to be the Grinch man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> the outro. <laughs>